Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Friday edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us around the state. Whatever Super Talk affiliate you're tuned in on or online, we're glad to have you and welcome you back to the show. Opening uh, segment of the show, as it is every day, sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Great place to have a family meal this weekend. Great place to cater. Your next event, we're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Corps studio here in Hattiesburg this afternoon. Bob Kelly, and we're happy we're happy to introduce Ben Milam to the Eagle Hour. Ben is uh, joining the Eagle Hour family. He is presently the voice of the William Carey University basketball program. And uh, we'll be sitting in uh, with Kelly next week in my absence. And, 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 and some more appearances on the Eagle Hour from Ben uh, we hope to enjoy uh, as uh, as the uh, new year rolls along, Ben, we're glad to have you here. Glad to be here, Bob. You know, I I was operating under the assumption that I would not be working with Kelly next week. I thought I thought it was going to be a different deal. That's but, part you know. of your prison work release program <laughs> that you have to work. It with. comes yeah. as a big disappointment to <laughs> well, a lot of people. Well, we did. We bad. we worked uh, high school football, and I thought I had gotten rid of Kelly, but not the case. Oh, we'll, that's we'll make right. You guys did high school football together, didn't you? Not just high school football. Jeff Davis that's County right. High School Jaguar football. football. Well, Ben, we're glad to have you. We, we think you'll be a great addition to our team, and uh, we look forward to enjoying the show together with you in the new year. Very glad to be here, Bob. All right, let's uh, get started. We've got some really bad news to talk about uh, later in the show, of course, the passing of uh, Big Nasty, uh, and we'll obviously get to that basketball as well. Women pull out an exciting uh, game last night, uh, scoring with just six seconds left in the game to beat Louisiana. Men not so good. They're outscored, out-rebounded. Is it fair to say out-hustled? They, they took more turnovers. than now, It wasn't bad. I mean, they turned it over 14 times, right. which is about usual. Yeah. But, but the Cajuns only turned it over 12 times. But, yeah, they did get out-rebounded, Bob. They shot poorly. Just was not a good night. Cajuns were hot. And now they're headed up the road to Monroe playing arguably the hottest team in yeah. the conference right now our, in the Warhawks. Our first guest would know about that. Mike Hammond is the play-by-play voice for uh, Louisiana Monroe, the Warhawks. And, uh, well, Mike, uh, your guys beat Georgia State last night 66-58. Look up and uh, tell us who's 3-0 and in conference play. Yeah, I think uh, a completely unexpected uh, thing for uh, a lot of us here in Monroe and uh, you know those around the program even that this team uh, picked last in the Sun Belt in the preseason not only by the coaches but by uh, I believe just about every publication out there that puts out those uh, prognostications and 
really, I mean, in non-conference play, he didn't really do much to shake that label. Lost uh, several games that, you know, there was a couple here and there they felt like they should have won, but uh, really uh, played a pretty good non-conference schedule. I mean, Sam Houston is going to make some noise in the whack this year before they go to Conference USA next year, and Jacksonville is going to be a contender in the A-Sun. But, uh, you know, really it seems like they finally started to figure some things out over the, the Christmas break and uh, had a road trip last week to Texas State and Arkansas State that, uh, you know, really came together, kind of won a rock fight at Texas State last Thursday, both teams shooting under 30% in the game, and ULM got to the line, made a lot of free throws, and managed to find a way to pull out that win in San Marcos and then uh, got caught up in some of that uh, Southwest Airlines uh, issues last week and ended up busing from San Marcos to Jonesboro 10 hours and got off the bus and then shot lights out Saturday against A-State. and A rare win for ULM in Jonesboro. They've historically struggled there. But uh, now uh, a win at home last night against Georgia State, which is always a really good team. Uh, a lot of guys from Atlanta that maybe go off somewhere else and then transfer back to Georgia State later in their careers. And, uh, you know, 3-0 and start. I, I don't know that I would have picked that coming into the season. I don't know there's a lot of people that would have thought that was possible for this group. But, uh, you know, they, they're playing well right now. They And like I said, it was an adjustment period. They don't have Mika Metzglarishavili, who was their uh, preseason all-third-team Sunbelt pick. He's not uh, part of this team because he uh, injured his knee in preseason practice, tried to fight through it a little bit, uh, then ended up opting for surgery, and he's now out for the year. So uh, really uh, one of those that uh, really hurt this club, but I think they just had a little bit of an adjustment period to figure out how to play without them, and uh, here they are now uh, with the chance to possibly go to 4-0 and with maybe – what is definitely their toughest test. Hey, I don't get ahead of yourself. I feel bad for you, Mike, just that you have to pronounce that guy's name that, that is that is right. <laughs> but to put things into perspective, I talked to a homeless guy in front of Walmart, asked him who was going to finish last in the Sun Belt. He said Louisiana Monroe. but let's break it down what are they what are the warhawks doing especially well and you guys didn't just beat georgia state last night you were walloping georgia state for most of the night yeah up 19 at the under eight media timeout uh last night and then georgia state at that point was only shooting 24 percent on the night and then they went on a quick 19 to three run and got it down to a three point game with uh, just under two minutes to go and we're sweating a little more than, than we probably should be for being up 19 with uh, under eight minutes left in the game. But, uh, you know, Warhawks got a couple of big buckets. Victor Bufudo has been maybe the surprise of this team. A Mercer transfer played in 80 games for Mercer over four years. Didn't play a whole lot for the Bears, but he's come here to ULM and he has found a role. He's ter- turned into the starting center for this team. And he's averaging almost double figures and then about six and a half rebounds a game as well. But he's really blossomed this year. And on top of that, what makes it even better, he's a smart kid, great kid. He's out of uh, Brazil. He has two degrees, both in civil engineering from Mercer and is now going for his MBA at at the ULM. And then uh, I think a couple other guys, Jamari Blackman's really stepped up the last couple of games. He's turning into... Maybe one of the best defenders in the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, he shut down Mason Harrell of Texas State. He's a two-time All-Sun Belt selection. 
uh, limited him to 14 points when he was averaging 18 coming in. And uh, it was on 4 of 10 shooting and just uh, gave him a tough night all around. Caleb Fields of Arkansas State was averaging 13 going into that game last Saturday. Held him to 11, but all of it was at the free throw line. He's only 2 of 7 from the floor. And then last night, Dwan Odom comes in averaging 16 a game for Georgia State. Holds him to 6 points. And so uh, his defense, he also went off for 25 points at 8, eight Saturday. That's really helped. And Tyree the Sun Belt before. He was uh, at South Alabama to go. Uh, transferred to UAB for last year. Sat on the bench a lot. Wanted to go somewhere where he could play. Ends up at ULM this year. He's a guy that uh, he he looks for his shot. He's, uh, you know, at, at the kind of the, the story on him was really a guy that a little bit selfish, you know, wanting to get his. And they've been able to rein him in a little bit, taking a lot of wild shots, bad shots early in the season. And uh, now he takes a few a game still, but they've really brought his shot numbers down. But his point totals are still where they've been, and he went for 25 last night. And uh, just better shot selection for him. I think it's it's Keith Richard, a veteran coach, 13th season, a ULM alum, that he's just kind of that mad scientist that he had to figure it out. They had set everything up to go through Nika, and they lose him. And it's just taken them a few weeks to – reconfigure things and how this is going to work best. So we'll see. Cautiously optimistic is probably the best words for where ULM is right now to be 3-0 and in the league and, and feeling good. But, uh, again, tough one with Southern Miss tomorrow and they get the Cajuns next Thursday. I mean, this, this league is a grinder, and we'll see how this team holds up moving forward. Well, Mike, you talk about that, that reconfiguration. I think Southern Miss might be – on the other side of that a little bit, still missing their starting point guard, Neftali Alvarez. And I'm not going to try to say his name, but you mentioned the whole Sunbelt preseason <laughs> player. I'll let you say his name. Yeah. What, what's been that difference? What's been the reconfiguration specifically that's brought this 3-0 start in conference play? Well, to yeah, Nika Metzklarishavili. He's the guy that, that's uh, how I he's in his, <laughs> that, that's, that's what I was going to say, right. Yeah. yeah. He's in his second season here at ULM, coming off the bench last year, and, and really kind of a stretch four type guy. He could shoot the three, but he had that size to play inside, too, if you needed him. What his absence does, uh, the Warhawks also had brought in A.D. Dijoux from uh, UAB as well that uh, was supposed to be the starting center. He tore his ACL in October. He's been out all season. So they have just two post players, in all honesty, Thomas Howell and uh, Victor Bufudo. Those two guys have had to play, you know, 35 to 39 minutes a night and uh, just have done a nice job of adjusting to that role and kind of leading inside to take the pressure off the guards who are now expected to score a little more without uh, Nika trying to go for double figures every night when you had him. So it's been about, uh, you know, bringing LaCour in and trying to get him some better shots. And it's also been about trying to find a way to get uh, other guys involved in the offense, like Blackman and Savion Gallion off the bench. All right, Mike, we appreciate it very much. Uh, always enjoy your insight. Look forward to a great game Saturday. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Mike Hammett, play-by-play voice, Louisiana Monroe. When we come back, we'll go down to the Big Easy. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com joins the show right after this.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank Mike Hammett, Louisiana Monroe, for joining us in the first segment. Golden Eagles opponent Saturday in conference basketball. Got to play better, shoot better, rebound better. Uh, Fewer turnovers. Uh, Louisiana Monroe 3-0 on the year in conference play. The Golden Eagles now 2-1. Bob Getty, Kelly Sander, Ben Milam from the uh, Southern Bank Corps Studios here in Hattiesburg, where this segment is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. You can catch the basketball game Saturday afternoon, I guarantee you, at, uh, well, no, that would be at 4th Street. At Campus Bookmart, you can buy your apparel, go over to 4th Street. And show it off. And show it off yeah. with a basketball game. So Campus Bookmart, sponsor of this segment. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com uh, joins us on a Friday Earlier in the week was his birthday. Happy birthday, Professor. I appreciate it. Thank you. How is 21 years old? Are you enjoying life at age 21? Well, I'm halfway to 88 now. Whenever I think about it that way, that makes things so much worse. I wondered why we had to wait for him to come on until Friday. It's taking him that long just to recover from, from his, his birthday. birthday celebration. Because he lives in New Orleans. <laughs> yeah, <know>? of course. <laughs> okay, uh, Patrick, Kelly's been waiting uh, with bated breath since we last talked. Is there any update on the rumors about Peyton and the goat coming to New Orleans. No, and I, you know, as you know, with the Saints beating the Eagles on their home field, uh, you know, the Saints won three straight. The odds are increasing. You know that uh, Dennis Allen is going to be back for at least one more season. So, uh, you know, at, at this point, I think everybody's kind of accepted that. Uh, you know, if things had, had gone the Saints' way, they'd actually come into this weekend still. Uh, eligible in the playoff run, but a lot of things would have to go their way. But they just had mm-hmm. thing was a late game on Sunday, just didn't break their direction. But Saints are obviously they're out of the playoff hunt uh, now. You know, kind of looking ahead to, to next year in a way. You know, I, I think they want to close out strong against the Panthers. I know Dennis Allen wants another win, just kind of keep that momentum going into the off season. So that's what it's all about is just. Uh, putting this team in a position to, to to have a better year next season. You know, you can't say that Philadelphia didn't have their quarterback. Maybe that's why they won. I don't think that's true, though, because I watched the Saints. They were able to run the ball against Philadelphia. They really physically went after the Eagles, and not a lot of people have been able to do that. Yeah, you know, in the week prior with Minshew at quarterback uh, against the Cowboys, they really kind of you know run up, ran up and down the field. So mm-hmm. uh, the Saints defensively were very impressive, I thought. Uh, even if they, Hertz wasn't a quarterback, who is who has given the Saints problems? Uh, but yeah, I, you know it was impressive when it was probably the uh, obviously the best defensive game of the season I think for the Saints. But uh, you know they just it, it you know for Saints fans it's just so frustrating to finally see this defense to be in the shape that everybody expected them to be in. And of course injury got in the way on both sides of the ball, but defensively I think miss, missing some key guys early on really hurt that group but right now i mean they're one of the best defenses in the nfl but yeah. uh, they're gonna be sitting at home and watching in the postseason all right ben uh patrick's been with us since the first day the eagle hour came on there nine it's hard, it's hard to believe nine years ago wow covered uh southern miss sports for the biloxi sun hair you may know all this oh. is now at nola.com and does a lot of coverage of the saints fire away he, he's the man to ask about new orleans saints football yeah patrick i, I think I think a lot of people throughout this season, I mean, all the New Orleans Saints fans I know have, you know, the prevailing question has been, will Sean Payton make a return? And you hear about him being in the facility and all this, all these rumors swirling around. What, what's the picture that you get? Does, is, does Dennis Allen hang on or do they, do they move the direction of trying to pull back Sean Payton? 
No, I mean, I, I think everybody's moving forward with Dennis Allen at this point. And I don't think there's any guarantee that, that Sean Payton's coaching next year. I, I think he probably is leaning towards coming back for next season, but he I don't think he's going to walk into a situation that he doesn't feel comfortable with, doesn't feel good about the quarterback or, or the or the way the team is run through management. Uh, so there's just a lot of question marks. I don't think anybody knows for sure what Payton's going to do. It's you know, I would say it's probably seventy five percent chance he's coaching next season, but you know, that that could easily go the other way. So uh, but yeah, this is this is Dennis Allen's team going into the off season. Uh, the Peyton talk is kind of faded pretty quickly after you know off and on it came up in October and November and into December. Uh, but right now it's it's pretty obvious that unless something goes haywire, <laughs> we don't know about. Uh, you know, maybe there's some somebody in management who who has been kind of keeping their cards close to the vest. I, I just don't see how anybody other than Dennis Allen is the head coach next year. So was Tom Brady then the tie to Sean Payton? The two of them wanted to work together. It, based on what you've said now, it doesn't look like Payton will be there. So I would guess between that and New Orleans not having a lot of highly rated assisted living facilities, Tom Brady probably won't, won't, be, <laughs> won't be in New Orleans next year. No, I, I wouldn't think so. I mean, uh, Andy Dalton was only on a one-year deal. Uh, so it's obvious the Saints are going to try to figure out, you know, and Dalton was pretty solid, you know, for much of the year. I think he had a couple of games where he had, had rough performances, but overall he's pretty solid. So I would, really wouldn't rule him out as the Saints start quarterback next year if they can get the deal done. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, I would think Tom Brady, no, he, uh, that would be very unlikely they'd be the Saints quarterback next season. But why do we not talk about Jamison Winston? He's still in his 20s, Patrick, and uh, I thought he played pretty well. Uh, well, this year he 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 just had a good spurt or two. Last year he was it was like whenever Sean Payton was there, he kind of kept him under wraps and he played conservatively. And the moments this season, whenever he was on the field, and they kind of let Jameis be Jameis, he reverted back to uh, his Buccaneers days where he threw thirty interceptions in a season. So I think the concern in the Saints organization is they saw Jameis revert back to his old ways. Uh, you know, the Saints and, and a defensive-minded head coach and Dennis Allen uh, aren't going to tolerate a team, uh, a quarterback that has potential to throw two or three interceptions on a Sunday. So, uh, yeah, I think James Winston's got a chance to uh, go and play elsewhere, even be the starting quarterback next season. It's just not going to be with the Saints. Patrick, I want to change gears and talk a little bit about college football. The Tulane Green Wave, if you ask most Americans probably where Tulane is even located, most people probably would not be able to – to tell you, and and I and I say that you know seriously, but with a big bowl win, what's been the reaction now in the city of New Orleans? And furthermore, you you would think, even though that Willie Fritz is not by any means a younger coach, that there might be some big time programs that might have availabilities that would go after him. Just kind of tell us what's going on and the after effects of a big Tulane win. Yeah, well, certainly I've seen a lot more people wearing uh, Tulane ball caps and shirts here uptown uh, where Tulane's uh, located. I'm not right by the campus, but, you know, it's a short drive up St. Charles for me uh, to go through there, and everybody's really amped up and proud of what they really do. You saw a good two-lane crowd there on hand in really Dallas. Really crowd. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a huge step for a, a football program that's really been – they've had little blips here or there showing promise and having good seasons, but it's been tough to really consistently win at Tulane, and for the most part, Willie Fritz has done that. He's done a good job. He's built a program. Uh, you know, in New Orleans, you have access to talent, but, you know, not necessarily uh, able to get all those kids on campus that you would like to get there. So, obviously, he's got a formula going. He's doing things right. And, uh, 
you know, it's going to be hard for them to replicate what they did this season. I mean, Spears, the, the running back, um, you know, he's going to be moving on. Uh, Pratt's, you know, I'm sure he's supposed to be back, so the quarterback. But, yeah, uh, it's not going to be easy to replicate what they did this year. This was just one of those one in a, you know, every 30 or 40 years you pull off a season like this maybe. Uh, so, yeah, but, I mean, everybody's excited about Tulane football, and they really need, do need to take advantage where everybody's p- paying attention because if they can build on this and have another big year next year, I think that's when really Tulane football can kind of turn the corner. I don't think anybody really expects them to be able to do something similar a year from now. And I throw this out to the to the panel of us here, and including you, Patrick. The Southern Miss schedule for football came out just uh, this mm-hmm. week. Tulane is on there. The Green Wave is coming to Hattiesburg uh, next season. Would, right. would you guys agree that that regardless of what happens, conference affiliation with Tulane or Southern Miss, whatever, that that's a game that we kind of need to make a regular Absolutely. game? Yeah. It just makes too much yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Go ahead, Patrick. No, I was just going to say, that I would say it's probably going to be an annual thing, but if they could get a deal where they play, say, four or five years out of every decade, uh, I think that, that they should absolutely make that happen. But, I mean, there's there's definitely an argument to be made to make it an annual setup. Well, you know, you saw some Southern Miss fans claiming a, 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 a transitive property Cotton Bowl championship <laughs> right? because they beat yeah. the Tulane Green yeah. Wave earlier That was quite a stretch, but yes, I did say <laughs> but it, But it is also one of those oddities to where – I dare say when Southern Miss plays Tulane, the, the Eagle attendees are more numerous in New Orleans <laughs> than they are yeah. in Hattiesburg. You know, Patrick, you made a great yeah. point, though. They had a heck of a crowd at that bowl game, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, it was fun watching them. You know, the, those kids in the, and from, the, from the school and then their fan base, they, they were having a large time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had some bandwagoners hop on late this season. You didn't really see that through the first six or seven games this season, but I think they started to buy in late, and that's that's what they got. So until my momentum, they've got to keep that going in a way, you know. Uh, I, I don't think we'll see those fans back game one next year, uh, but if they can kind of you know get off to a good start next season, maybe they can kind of keep these people in the fold because they're obviously not there all the time. Uh, so they've they've got to find a way to get everybody to buy in. All right, Patrick, happy new year. Happy birthday to you. Happy new year to Blue. I guess he's doing well as we go into the new year. Oh, yes, he's, he's doing well. He's sitting here enjoying the great weather. All right, Patrick, we appreciate you, buddy. Back on the show, your regular time next week. That good? Yeah, sounds good. Right. Thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, NOLA.com. Great friend of this show. And I'm sure, Day one was on the show. And I'm sure the city is a buzz and a Twitter about the upcoming uh, USFL season in New, <laughs> in New Orleans, too. Undoubtedly. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. We'll talk about Big Nasty, review basketball, get to know Ben a little better on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, I want to thank Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. As always, Mike Hammett from Louisiana Monroe joining us here on the Eagle Hour. Bob Kelly and our newest member of the family, Ben Milam, here in the Southern Bancorp studio here in Hattiesburg. We're very glad to have you with us on a Friday afternoon. Can't go any further out in, uh, through the show without... Uh, 
taking a minute to talk about a guy that, that all of us know here. Kelly and I worked with him and uh, great admirers of Jim Carmody, Big Nasty, who passed away Thursday at the age of 89. Clearly uh, was associated with Southern Miss uh, football from 78 through 87 and architect of the great eras of defensive football at Golden Eagle history. Had a profound effect, I think it's safe to say, on Southern Miss football and, and always will be the the architect of the Nasty Bunch, Big Nasty himself, uh, assistant coach here, defensive coordinator, also head coach uh, for about, I think, six years. <clears throat> Posted a 37-29 uh, one-loss record. And among his greatest achievements, of course, he defeated Alabama. He was the last coach to defeat Bear Bryant before his death and broke about a 10-year well, it was a 56-game home winning streak uh, in Tuscaloosa, and that was uh, engineered by Jim Carmody. Uh, your thoughts, Kelly, about Big Nasty? Well, the thing about Jim Carmody, too, that a lot of people forget is how well-respected he was in the National Football League. No doubt. I mean, he, he worked at, with Bobby Collins here at Southern Miss, and then when Coach Collins you know, went on to SMU, Jim Carmody was with, with the Buffalo Bills. And when you talk to administrators at Southern Miss and then athletic director uh, Roland Dale, it seemed like Jim Carmody was the natural replacement, even though he was in the NFL, you know, to come back and guide the Southern Miss program. He was so well-respected. And when his tenure ended as head coach at Southern Miss, the phone call list of coaches and teams wanting him to either join their staffs or teams wanting him to be a head coach, you know, somewhere else at all levels, college and pros, just tells you, you know, what kind of guy he was. Now, he had that reputation. You know, they call him Big Nasty because he engineered that defense. But he also could be a very intimidating figure. You know, he was always had a very kind of stern look on his face. He was very serious about football. And, and some people kind of misread that, in my opinion, as being somebody that was not friendly and somebody that was not affable. But I'll say this about, you know, Jim Carmody, which I always greatly respected. Whatever he embarked upon, it was going to be done professionally. It was going to be done well to the best that he could. Every Tuesday at 325, whatever the upcoming game was, I would have a standing appointment with Coach Carmody. And at 325, I was in his office. The door would be closed. I would have his undivided attention until until I was finished. Um, but I think then at the end of his career at Southern Miss, kind of this new age coach started to that, – that was nameless at that time. But, you know, the younger guys that would kiss babies and shake hands and do all those – that just was not Jim Carmody. Uh, he couldn't coach today. After he <laughs> left Southern Miss, he went on to be the defensive coordinator at Mississippi State from 89 to 90. Came back and beat Southern Miss and Brett Favre as the defensive coordinator. Uh, was the defensive coordinator at uh, Ole Miss and assistant head coach from 92 to 95. They were nationally ranked defensively. And then he spent uh, the last 1994 to 2005 as a uh, one of the head scouts for the Arizona Cardinals. So, Ben Milam, uh, you're younger than Kelly and I. You may not totally be uh, familiar with Big Nasty, but in my view – He's right up there with M.K. Turk as one of the true iconic coaches in Southern Miss uh, history. Yeah, well, obviously it, it hurts and it's unfortunate to lose someone like this. And, and over this past year, we've lost some some great Southern Miss yeah. uh, figures. Yeah. And you know, the, the good side of that, I guess, is you get to remember, you get to hear the stories. And I had heard the stories, uh, you, you know, 
throughout my time as a Southern Miss fan and a Southern Miss student as, I mean, you, you touched on it, kind of the architect of what Southern Miss is today. I think it's safe to say Southern Miss would not no have the culture and the identity of of what it has without Jim Carmody kind of no, laying that foundation. There is no question about that. If I have uh, if I have one memory that I'll always enjoy with him, it was actually on this show. Uh, in 1989, Southern Miss went to Tuscaloosa and beat Bear Bryant 39-28. to And as we just reported, they had won 56 straight games in a row. This was Bear Bryant. Right. There's a famous picture of Bear Bryant and Jim Carmody shaking hands with the scoreboard behind him. And on this show, I asked Coach Carmody, do you remember what was said when that picture was taken? And his reply was, oh, I remember it like it was yesterday. Coach Bryant said, you got a great team, Coach. You'd beat us again if you played us next Saturday. To which I replied, Coach Bryant, we don't want to play you again next Saturday. <laughs> great moment for Jim. That, was that day the pinnacle of his career, you think? Kelly? Yeah, and I, and I really think the ultimate downfall was that he was loyal to a fault. His offensive coordinator was the late Keith Daniels. And Keith Daniels was a run to the right, run to the left, you know, old school football guy when in the NFL you know the 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 Bill Parcells of the world and the Bill Walsh's out in San Francisco they were all running the spread five receivers Southern Miss just wasn't that type of an offense right and I think a lot of people kind of grew weary of that the hand up so it was working it was successful it just wasn't real sexy and when some people thought that Keith Daniels maybe should find some some other Jim Connor said no no he's he's my guy you know if he goes yeah. I go yeah. now I don't know if that if that ultimately was was the situation as to why he left, because from a win loss standpoint, Carmody was as good as anybody. Well, let me let me add to what I said earlier. The, the four former coaches that are the the icons of all time are, are Jim Carmody, but we can't forget Bobby Collins, and we can't forget MK, and we can't forget Corky Palmer. Those four guys right now must be sitting on a bench somewhere and, and talking about the great years that they were a part of. And between Bobby Collins, Jim Carmody, and Corky Palmer, we've, we've lost all of them like within the last nine months. It's pretty stunning. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's pretty stunning. And you were talking about just how proficient he was on defense, Bob. Some of those defensive statistics that you were talking about earlier, I mean, there were years that they wouldn't give opponents – 10 points a game, 14 points a game. I mean, it was just stunning. They, were, the cruel. they were cruel at times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they were cruel. So rest in peace, Coach Carmody. There's going to be a ceremony, uh, a memorial service uh, held for Coach at the uh, Mississippi Sports Museum, January 12th, 3 p.m. In lieu of flowers, the family requests donations be made to the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame or the Jim Carmody Scholarship Fund at Southern Miss. So a Golden Eagle even into the next another one flying high just in a different uh, different all right. life all right positive note the uh, lady eagles exciting last night they're off to their best conference start in 25 years they score with six seconds left in the game and beat louisiana and i watched that game and joy lee was full of herself up and down the sidelines kelly let me tell you well i know i knew something was going on when you texted me because bob and i are not real uh, technological gurus <laughs> so when we text each other it's about a 10 minute process isn't it right. it takes a while to figure it out <laughs> right. so when you texted me and said that they i had a pearl river game last night when you texted me that the women had won i knew it, it had to have been pretty exciting yeah it was and uh, they they won the game 44 43 so another game where defensively southern miss ladies make it hard on you even on nights they're not and remember now 
Dom Davis got injured. Mm-hmm. So she was out of the game the whole second half, and the Lady Eagles still won with defense. And what we knew, I think, the talent of this group early on, even though in non-conference, they certainly weren't poor by any means. But there were a few games here and there that maybe closer than it should have been. And you guys, you guys talked maybe earlier in the week um, about the injuries and, yeah. and the attrition that has been on this Concussion team. Concussion protocols to COVID. Right. I mean, it was... Yeah, just everything in between. But they have started to get some of these these ladies back. Femi Funis, the Seton Hall transfer, Ja'Coria Bracey started to get her feet under her, and you've gotten a couple of those bigs back. Now you're starting to see the potential of this team, and I, I think it's to compete at the top of the conference. All right. Three... The, the last two remaining undefeated teams in the league play Saturday right here in Hattiesburg. James Madison comes in. They're 3-0, and as are the Lady Eagles. Make sure you see that. On the men's side, about a minute and a half left. Not a good night, Kelly Sander. Team, I think it's fair to say, and no bigger fan than me, but they were outshot. They were out-rebounded. They were outdone on turnovers. I think probably the worst performance of the young year. Yeah, Jay Walker, the, the radio host or the radio play-by-play guy of the Cajuns was on the show yesterday and he said the thing that concerned him about Lafayette is they just had not played very good defense. Um, now, I don't know if Southern Miss's poor shooting percentage. They shot, they shot better from the three-point arc last night mm-hmm. than they did from the two-point arc. Much here. better. Yeah, it wasn't even close, yeah. right? Um, so it was a really poor shooting night and as we've mentioned before, teams are starting to double up on Felipe Hase, and so some of these other guys are going to have to. They're going to have to figure this out. Yeah, well, yeah. you. I think one key as the Southern Miss offense starts to try to work through this this way the defenses are going to play them is DeAndre Pinckney. We've talked about uh, the return of Alvarez, the point guard, but I think DeAndre Pinckney. You got twenty one out of him last night. Right. If you can get scoring performances out of him consistently around that mark where he shows that he's a weapon he can hurt you if you focus in on that duo that everybody talks about Crowley and Hase right. then this offense is going to be much better off I think that's a great point and he's having a great year mm-hmm. I think he's having a great year yeah and Crowley didn't shoot very well last night either and that's the first time that's really happened 75-61 the final score as uh, the Golden Eagles fall to 13-3 and which ain't the end of the world right <laughs> hey it could be 3-13 and we've been there before there we go we'll be right back Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank 4th Street Bar Grill for their sponsorship of the Eagle Hours. We said a little earlier in the show, I'm sure the basketball game will be on there tomorrow afternoon. A uh, great place to go get yourself a big poor boy sandwich and a cold Paps Blue Ribbon and uh, watch the basketball. And game. today's Catfish Friday, Bob. Oh, uh, and it's, it, there's none better anywhere <laughs> yeah. than on Friday. D1D Bat also sponsors the show, and we're also very grateful to them. It's a great place for. Softball and baseball training for kids of every age and uh, athletic training of every sort for adult athletes. D1 D-Bat on Hardy Street. And finally, Mobay Beignet Company, the official beignet store of the Eagle Hour and a great place to enjoy wonderful desserts uh, any day of the week right across from the Southern Miss campus. A variety of uh, 
Coffees. Ben Milam is uh, with us. He'll be doing the Eagle Hour all next week with Kelly. Ben, I'm going to ask you this question. So if I told you that at Mobay Beignet Company, we set up a beignet eating contest between Luke Johnson and Kelly Santer, mm. who could eat – these beignets are big. Who could eat six beignets the fastest? Who would you have put your money on? Oh, boy. Um, Not a poor boy. Well, it's – uh, right. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. Um <laughs> You know, I, I think uh, I think there's some agility involved in that, so I would say Luke Johnson. Well, let me tell you, it was like a 48 to nothing football game. Really? Luke Johnson ate his six beignets in what two and a half minutes. Kelly straggled along for another five minutes. Ended up pouring Kelly. powdered sugar all over his head and his shirt. Uh, I, I, my operations manager, we took a picture of him. He said Kelly looked like. Uh, a party at Rick James's house. <laughs> is there a video clip of that anywhere? Uh, not anymore. Actually, there is on, on the Super Talk on the Eagle Hour Facebook page. Oh boy, you can scroll down and you can see the entire content. Kelly was very disappointed. Look, let me just tell you, at my age, Ben, you yeah. younger guys, you got, hurry, 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 fast, fast, fast. Sure, you got to, sure. you know, you order your food, you want it in thirty seconds. Yeah. Us older guys on things that are good, we like to take our time. Savor in an oh. eating contest, though. Anything that's good. Uh, okay, fair. Anything that's good. <laughs> we want to take our time. Don't, well, let me tell you something. Don't open doors. <laughs> that's my advice for next year. That's why well, I said I just, anything Yeah, that's I should have, should have learned that by now. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I stop by Mobe every now and then, and I order, try to order a beignet, and they say, well, Kelly Kelly was here before you, so we're all out. They're all <laughs> we're out. All out yeah. Well, the, the flavor for December was gingerbread. Now, what is or, it now, Kelly? I don't know. I don't know. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> now, yeah. I will tell you, Kelly ate all six. He, sure. didn't, he oh. didn't leave a morsel and then drank a glass of milk, as I recall. Well, that's my Iowa upbringing. Yeah, you know. but, but you're right. Uh, agility may have been the difference. <laughs> well, the, 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 the mobility indoor, maybe as well. The uh, D1 and D-bat is home of the Luke Johnson. What was it, the 5? 8, 40-yard dash. Yeah, yes. well, that's yeah. All, now Mobe Beignet is the home of the, the three-minute. Uh, <laughs> no, two minutes, under three minutes. Oh, uh, was it? Okay. Six, these are big beignets. Yeah. Too. These yeah. are not little scrawny yeah. beignets. Oh, I know. That's why I took my time. All right, Ben. Uh, we're glad to have you, man. Join the show. Tell us, uh, tell our listeners about you. Yeah, well, like I said, really, really glad to be here. I've been on the show a few times. Right. Uh, I, I do some writing for Big Old Nation right. and Heath Hinton. And I've been doing that for a little over two years. I've really enjoyed doing that. And that's that's been a way that has sort of gotten me into the sports media sphere in Hattiesburg a little bit. And a little over a year ago, I had the opportunity to start working with William Carey on the broadcasting side. Um, guy that you – you are uh, familiar with Caleb Hamill was the the play by play guy at William Carey. He did us PCS football now, and um, I was able to, to to sort of take his seat. And uh, the the goal now uh, through that experience, as as much as I've enjoyed it, is is to progress in a play by play career in sports broadcasting. Just thoroughly enjoyed it, and I've I've gotten all kinds of fantastic opportunities and experience in the area this this being one of them but but you even though you're working for william carey now in, in that you're a southern miss guy you went to school at southern miss that's right briefly on the southern miss baseball team you know you had a health issue where you had to but, but you're a southern miss guy you sit at the 50 yard line your family have been longtime eagle fans through and through black and gold yeah that is i mean from infancy i was i was a southern miss guy my my 
dad, Tom Milam, I'm sure some some listeners would recognize the, the name. Um, grew up in Hattiesburg. Lloyd Milam taught at Southern Miss for 30 plus years. And so we're, we're deeply ingrained in, uh, in Southern Miss athletics and just in general. And there wasn't really anywhere else I, I considered going to school. Obviously, the dream uh, was to pursue an athletic career that ended up not working out. But there's, there's nowhere else I'd rather be. Well, that's a prerequisite to being on the program. Only five people have ever been invited on the program. The two that are with me now, Jim Stump Taylor, who, of course, is very iconic, and you. And everybody has one thing in common. We're all Southern Miss fans. Mm. Kelly is kind of a transplant. He's an yeah. Iowa graduate, but he – oh, it's Iowa State. Make I, sure oh. that – I'm glad you said transplant, though, and, and, you know. But there's no truer Golden Eagle than Kelly Sander. There's no question oh. about that. And, and, and Ben is a, is a new age kind of guy, too, Bob, because we, we did broadcast high school games together. And you know I like to enjoy good food. I also enjoy a variety of different beverages. We get ready to go to these games, and Ben has his, his like lunchbox with him, and in the plastic container, he's got a banana peeled a certain way, and he's got five grapes, and he's got two chunks of real lean turkey. You know, I mean, what the heck? What's all that oh, about? You needed an opposite. You need a balance. <laughs> okay. So I was there to provide. Could that. that be why Ben looks like he does? And <laughs> wow, Bob, that's really an astute thought. That's. You're a rocket surgeon, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Have a good weekend, everybody. Ben and Kelly and Michael Mergens will be here all next week. Jason Brownlee, stud wide receiver for Southern Miss, will join us Monday as well. Look for it. Until Monday, Southern Miss. To to the the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.